gentlemen, if the Lakers win and hold the opponent to under 111 points, every fan in attendance, every single one, gets free tacos from Jack in the Box. I'm sure that almost every sports team has some sort of promotion like this. It's a partnership between some sort of local business and your favorite squad to get more fans of both establishments. It's one of the many elements of fandom, whether it be replica jerseys, foam fingers, bobbleheads, or even fan clubs. The endorsement of the organization expands to other mediums, though. Not only can you follow on with various social media, but there are groups, podcasts, and even entire TV channels dedicated to the following of your teams. This fanaticism is every marketer's dream. It's a couple of steps beyond word of mouth to the point where as long as the product continues to deliver, eyeballs will flock. Customer advocacy is the ultimate dream, but what are the steps one needs to take to get there? Meet Matthew Barnett, the Papa Bear of Bonjoro. And no, that's not me giving him some clever nickname. That's his real life title. And if you don't believe me, then just go out and check his LinkedIn photo where you'll see why he's called Papa Bear of Bonjoro. In it, he dons a bear suit, which is one of the many clever methods Matt uses to build customer advocacy. While I can't promise you free tacos at the end of this episode, I can promise that the information Matt is about to share with you will satisfy your marketing needs. All that and more coming up next. From ProfitWell Recur, it's Protect the Hustle, where we explore the truth behind the strategy and tactics of B2B SaaS growth to make you an outstanding operator. On today's episode, Matt Barnett delves into customer advocacy. We talk about the golden ticket of customer advocacy, taking video off its pedestal, a guide to customer advocacy, seeding stories, and tying metrics back to a leading indicator. Uh, my name is Matt. I am the Papa Bear or CEO of a company called Bonjuro. We do one-to-one personalized video messages. But what we found is that sending a video message, a 30-second long asynchronous video message to an individual. So, hey, Joanne, saw you sign up yesterday. Saw you done X, Y, Z and onboarding, but you missed this crucial step. Here's a link. Go and do it. If you need any help, let me know. Spending 30 seconds doing that and just stopping your day and acknowledging customer or lead um, has a huge impact on engagement. And then obviously down the line from that, leading to conversions, activation or retention of customers. Why was this like the idea, right? You know, what what was the thing that you kind of chased, you know, to do one-on-one video personalized messages? Yeah, so we were running a, we were running an agency out of Australia and all our clients were in London, Paris, and New York. And they all our leads would come in when we were asleep and we're, we're, we're good at pitching. I like, like, I like people like, put me in a room and jazz hands will come out. Like it's all good. But email and like writing is not my forte. So like all that me was being lost. So I was like, look, why don't we just make the first piece comms anyone ever hears from us a video of one of us. So I sent a video on a boat on the going past the opera house on the manly ferry and i'd send this off to any leads we had every single night i'd do a video for each and every individual and we like tripled our response rates tripled the demos we did off the back of it interestingly i always say they couldn't understand they replied they go i have no idea what you're saying because the wind would be it will be in my face i get quite excited so i talk a little bit fast sometimes and they were like i have no idea what you're saying but i heard you say you'd be in london in in, in four weeks time like come in we'll, we'll buy you coffee like just just come and tell us what, what it's all about and then you know inevitably one of those customers asked if they could use it one of their customers and then it was non-intentional it took over the first business within like 18 months i think we just followed that rabbit hole 
So you just mentioned for leads, when you were kind of introducing the company, you mentioned it more for like customer engagement, like where do you kind of fall, right? Because video is almost like a medium, you know, and you can apply it in a bunch of different places. So like, how do you, how do you think about it? I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because everyone's like, ooh, video, like video in this box. I'm like, it's just a medium. It's just, like, like, we're not even a video company. Like, you know, like email company is not, not a text company. We use it as a kind of like personal comms tool. That's kind of how mm-hmm. it's used. So think about it more as like a jobs to be done kind of like attitude. So what are you trying to do? So making your best first impression, like that's actually what, what, what you do with leads. So you're just humanizing that first touch. Because if we see someone, we trust them, someone. We then use a lot in activation. So in SaaS, you know, I guess with trials coming through or, or, or with early paid users, making sure they are actually activated so they don't churn off. So that segment of churn you lose because all, all the goodwill and intention is there, but they never managed to get like successful on the product. So that kind of first, be that three, three days, two weeks or, or three months. Um, making sure they're engaged and making sure they, they come and talk to someone or they or they go to the next easiest points. And then the bit that I think is super exciting and it's not our biggest use case, but I think probably one of the most powerful ones is down the end of the funnel. So doing things around advocacy and then driving basically referrals. So interesting, we see this a lot in e-commerce more than anywhere is following after ticket items have been delivered. By the way, e-commerce is absolutely going the way of like SaaS. Like the last, last like year, I think like the subscription models in e-commerce have doubled. You'll now hear everyone in e-commerce talking about like lifetime value and like uh, a churn and stuff. And I'm like, this is, this is new. So like those guys looking to do it to check, like to do customer service excellence and make sure that like all products are good. Everything's, everything's good. But then also asking for reviews on Trustpilot or asking them to share X, X, Y, Z. Like extremely effective. Again, if you can make it work, there is a time component. Hmm. So there needs to be an ROI on that time. So who does it, what team member, like what size ticket items. The idea of driving referrals and advocacy and like using it to force lifetime value, like in terms of like upgrades and retention, mm. that to me is like a golden ticket. It's a lot harder for people to get their head around, I think. Yeah. Whereas like top of the funnel, it's binary. Did they convert? Yeah, yeah, they convert? Yeah. It's a lot easier. So connect the dots for me. So if I'm trying to get someone through the product to help with referrals or advocacy, am I sending a message to them and saying like, hey, I'd really appreciate a review on Trustpilot? Or am I sending just a message to them and saying, hey, like just want to check in and then they're sharing it? Or are you asking them for a referral? Like kind of connect that dot for me for, for practical use. Yeah, it says, it says asking. So I mean, specifically depending, like we will we'll plug it into any CRM, ESP, you know, Shopify, MailChimp, Instagram, whatever you use, so set up a trigger so that, that happens. So within SaaS, it might be they've got past their three months or they've hit their year or whatever. And you're saying, look, I just want to check in and make sure that everything's going like awesomely. Like, thanks so much for being with us for the last year. The initial message is actually really about customer service excellence or customer success excellence. That's what you just check in and showing them that, that, that you're still here and that you appreciate a business, especially in SaaS. It's like super, like just not done. Like, yeah, we're kind of like, you're yeah. in, like awesome. Off you go. But off the back of that law reciprocation, you know, you're then like, I think you should ask for something. And so, you know, what do you ask for? Do you ask for a review? Do you ask them to do a case study? Do you ask them to share out? I mean, that 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 video can be shared. Uh, you can ask them to share it out. But I think I think it's better to ask for like tangible things. Or hey, did you know we're having a deal on the next tier up? If you book now, we'll give you two extra features free if you book book onto annual. Yeah. So the idea of upgrading and, and and upselling as well. I think you can ask because uh, again, the reason you're turning up is just to say thanks. Yeah. And on the back of it, by the way, yeah, <laughs> here yeah, you go. Yeah. People are okay with that. Be transparent. It's it's fine. Like we all, is we all that understand. The, 
so is that one video though? Am I like, hey, you know, Matt, just checking in, everything is going on with ProfitWell. Like, let me know if I can help at all. Like, really appreciate you. By the way, it'd be awesome if you could do a review on G2 Crowd. Or is it ask them what's up? And then once they respond, then do the ask for for whatever you're looking for. Like, do it on one video. Don't waste time doing two videos. Got it. Just yeah. ask right up. I mean, I, I, this is not just by the way, it's not just video. I think whenever you do whenever you do these things, whenever you're trying to like, whenever you're trying to utilize advocates or utilize super fans or utilize that piece, just jump in and ask. Don't stretch out your ops. If you can get it, one ask, why have two? I want to go deeper on like the advocacy piece because I think you guys have done an amazing job at this. And just as a little tease to that, I think you're, you know, it was a hundred percent of your growth. And then now you've spent a little bit of money because, you know, it was working. So, but it's still like 80%, I think word of mouth is right for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So like now today it's, it was still 80% word of mouth. The rest is kind of content. And then we've just started playing around with a bit of the spend. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still, yeah. I mean, content you still like throw into that bucket too. So it's like still almost a hundred percent, you know, no paid, which is amazing. Yeah. But my question is, before we get to that is, so video is, is a fascinating medium, right? Did you ever remember this company called VSnap? Have you ever heard of them? Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew the CEO and the founder and they were, you know, gosh, 10 years ago plus, they yeah. were doing kind of like the custom videos that you could like one-to-one -one send to someone. They didn't do like integrations and things like that. And I think that was kind of maybe the, the missing piece. And then video has kind of gone from, you know, kind of weird, like, oh, why are you sending me a video, right? And then all of a sudden it's, you know, you got Loom, you got you guys, you got Vidyard, you have a bunch of different things. Like what caused yeah. the growth? And like, what is that space kind of like starting to evolve into? Like what, what what's your take on that? It was gonna be inevitable. So like video, like as a medium, again, like forget video, but the idea of just being face to face and getting those you know, like seventy percent of comms is expression and you know waving oh, your hands gosh. around. So like, I, like it was gonna happen. I think it had to be supported by the infrastructure. Hmm. And so so one is infrastructure, and second is I think overall adoption. So think about like this would have happened with phones back in the day, early adopter curve like standard. So I think in terms of infrastructure, so like if we look at look at our users, probably seventy. 80% are done on mobile hmm. and that's increasing. I think if you're going to create video content that, that that's not edited, that's kind of off the cuff. Something happens psychologically that you behave different on mobile because you could suddenly walk around. You could suddenly like go to your kitchen or go outside. And also like our phones, like, like these things, like this is like the most personal device. Like, like this sleeps next to me on the bed. You know, it comes with toilet, but dare I say, you know, it's, it's not your lover, but it's as close as you can get. So like yeah. when you use that, Talk to someone, you're so comfortable with that device. And it sounds weird, but again, so that's, and obviously the infrastructure to support video uploads at scale with that, so 4G, 5G, whatever else. It was always put on a, on a pedestal. And I think mm. and the reason was because video initially was a medium of film and TV. And so we look at that and we said, we have to look great. We have, like, this is acting. And again, the medium was, was overshadowing what it could actually do. Yeah. And so I think it took quite a long time because video was that medium for so, so long it takes people's like time to break that pedestal in their head and realize it's not just that. And so with the rise of, so, so Skype did it first because we started talking to families. Mm. And so it was, it was very much B2C first and then, and then conferences start to happen in business. And then, and now in a more remote world where, where business is going overseas, like more and more videos cheaper than buying a plane. So a plane ticket. So it was always going to happen. I mean, this year has sped it up, but it was inevitable. And the infrastructure now, you know, and internet, regardless makes it so much easier and kind of successful to use given your position because you know you obviously were, were on the front end of this curve do you think that is the next generation like vr ar these types of things like do you, do you think that's inevitable as well 
so I actually do think VR is. I also, with the caveat, I do think it will take time as well. So I think, yeah. like, 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 we've actually been messing around in mobile video for like seven, eight years. Like, right when the first kind of mobile cameras came out, we were trying to do stuff with like research and collecting video of customers, and it, and it was a struggle. But yeah, and that was too early. But it came. But it took. I mean, like, it took ten years. Yeah. Like, like, really, yeah. So like, VR has been around longer, but then, but then video video was around for years before that. VR's been around for years. I, I think you'll see the same thing as for VR to work if it's become ubiquitous you have to get it into everyone's hands so how do you do that how do you get vr devices into everyone's hands how do you get people used to using them it'll be driven by gaming it'll be driven by film it won't be driven by business i don't think yeah so we go through the same cycle of bdc first once we start to have a decent proportion of the population that has those like those devices like accessible then suddenly you can start to transition, but ha- but like without the access, it's pointless. You know, without having a yeah. telephone in your house in the old days, you couldn't make a phone call. So once you get there, if me and you could be sitting in a room together right now, yeah. like having a coffee and chatting, and I could see, you know, I mean, you have to wear pants again, but <laughs> you <could> see, <laughs> you know, what was I was up to? Not, you could still keep the sweatpants, so you wouldn't have. Well, to well, you just over, you could just yeah, overlay. Exactly. I mean, anyway, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It has to happen. I think there's a lot of hurdles to overcome. Yeah, a lot, yeah. You know. Like back to the advocacy piece. So this is what I wanted to to really like go deep on with you is because yeah, I think you guys have done a really, really great job with it. And what I'd love to do is maybe spend the rest of the time here kind of building a framework that someone else could do for like advocacy and these types of things. So maybe to kind of start things off, like, you know, just tell us really in general, what did you guys do consciously, if anything, or, or why? Maybe we start off with why, like, why was this such a, a crucial piece for for your business? So I, I don't think we thought about it at the beginning. You know, this is not our first radio. We've done a couple of businesses before and like we do business because we love people. You know, we, we love people and we love going into the new and, and building new products. That's, that excites us. So the people part was always a part of that. And that includes team, but it also includes customers. I think a lot of us are the same. So we just made sure that we didn't lose that because we wanted to enjoy turning out to work. And so we did this in kind of two ways. And so like part of this is we started to build a brand that was quite, like for us, was quite fun, quite enjoyable, very, very open, very authentic. So we kind of set the stage for this to happen anyway. Hmm. We, we also had to, like, as a caveat, because we're doing, we're encouraging customers to do videos, which people weren't totally comfortable with. We always had to go like, to one extreme and say, like, come on the journey with us. You don't need to get to where, to where we are, but we want to drag you out of that suit and tie and just get you to relax a bit more. Yeah. So that was part of it. But that, I think, set, set the stage for a, culture within the team where everyone could just be themselves there was no barriers ever to to how people want to talk to video to, to customers how people want to behave with the customers we hired to this point we then invested in customer success and support like pretty early on so uh, probably earlier than a lot so we we went for 24 hour support as soon as we decided to make this business a thing we did that with team here in australia team in the uk and then team in south africa we did have a western bias with our hiring because we want like people to be, able to, to be able to joke around and obviously Western culture and comedy is a, a strange thing. Yeah. So we kind of worked on that. But then what we do is we, again, gave them the ability to not just kind of solve problems, but then really engage with customers. And when you first start, like you have all the time in the world. So it's like, like so you can do this. We then made one of our team a chief delight officer as, the, as their role. Yeah, They have one role only and that's to, to what we call delight customers. And, and delight for us is... Just so basically surprise customers, get them talking about us and get them engaging and responding with us uh, with the goal of turning them into, into what we call advocates, which is almost like, like an equation you can work out. Like, do they talk about you? 
are they engaged? Like if you do NPS, it's an NPS score, you know, is your NPS score set 70 or above? So get that happening, give that person a budget, let them have the time to go and be creative. So we specifically had a creative doing this. We didn't have, have a CS person. We had someone who's very creative, but good people. And I was like, go be creative, do what you want, explore. Most stuff you try isn't going to work, but some of it will. You know, and they end up doing things like sending sending bear suits to customers' kids on on, on certain milestones. We, I mean, we, we went heavy on the bear thing because like, people seem to like it. You know, we started yeah. sponsoring koalas for customers, and we did all stuff for like like for the customer. We experimented around a lot. It, it worked a lot. And love or hate MPS, we saw our MPS kind of reflect that as it went up. And then we saw to be honest, like again, like like at the very beginning, it wasn't like we were looking at this as we do today, where now we very much operationalize this, we yeah. were kind of off the cuff and the growth came. It was just more so maybe in like, DNA. It was just more in your DNA, it sounds like, more than anything. It was, but then we've realized now it's like, it's an operational piece. And so the delight thing is interesting because like I said, it's gonna be unexpected. Just because it's unexpected for the customer doesn't mean it's like wedded to a expected mm-hmm. date or, or time or kind of, I guess, metric. You know, with us, we always did it when they hit a certain number of videos sent. So that could happen after three months. We could happen after 12 months. Yeah. Because we didn't, didn't know when that was going to happen. And so when, when we did things to them, we, it was a surprise. The other things are, like, you look at the science of it. This is, this is and Delight's like, like, like a part of this. It's not the thing. But if you want Delight, you need to have like different mechanisms. So, so, so obviously the video thing, we have a bias, but we still do videos to every single lead who ever comes into our funnel, like yeah. every single one. I still do 10 a day as a founder because it keeps me connected to, to customers, which is great. I get direct feedback from the front lines. Everyone who joins the company has to spend you know a month doing it so that they kind of feel what it's like to be, to yeah. be on video and to get customers. So people still get that. So they still get the first, best first impression. Again, we're, we're biased because we have to do that. Sure. But straight off the bat, anyone who engages gets like a tick in our, in our CRM and we're like, right, potential advocate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyone who doesn't engage but starts getting very active on the platform also gets like a potential advocate. Like we haven't talked to this person yet. But they're using it. How can we talk to them? And so again, there's mechanisms that kind of fire off. I've talked a lot there. Do, do you want to maybe like pull some out and maybe go deeper in some yeah, areas? Yeah, like let's just say I have resources to spend on this. I haven't really like thought about advocacy. Maybe I have customer success a little bit. Maybe I don't. Like, what's step one? Like, what do you think is step one here? So if you haven't considered hiring into good support, good good CS, if that's not another hire you've made yet, think about bringing it forward. So this is, this is, this is step, step minus one, to be honest. Sure, sure, sure. I think you've got to invest, like, I think this takes human effort to get right, especially in the early days. Automation's amazing. I think putting a person on the front line, so like, like it's not hard to excel in, in customer support. And this is something you could do tomorrow and you'll get results tomorrow because people, when, 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 when like your average response time globally is like 20 minutes maximum. Yeah. People notice because bigger companies like I look at all our, all, our, all our subscriptions, most of them, if I have a support question, like I'm not, I'm not going to hear back for two days. Yeah. You know, like it's crazy. Yeah? So like it's very easy to beat the norm here. So like it's great for like first start and when people inquire and have, and have support questions and come in, don't just treat it as like answering tickets. Hmm. Like, and this is about training the team as well. When that ticket has finished, be like, hey, by the way, yeah. X, Y, Z, you know, Hey, did you know we have this feature? Did you know we're doing this deal? Hey, you haven't joined that community yet. Come on. So again, like train that team to like take that conversation beyond the support ticket. Yeah. It's not hard to do. So I think that that's, that's had the people there. And there's a cultural piece where your team needs to, you know, like I think Zapier did a really good thing here as well, where they used to put all the team on the front lines. Like yeah. I think they still do to some extent. So like Wade, Wade Foster will be on support like once a week. Yeah. And you know, as a company, it gets you customer centric, so, like, so this is baking in where like you won't have to think about it so much sure. because it's just baked into what you do. Next, I would say, again, 
I am biased, but I think make make your best first impression. I think you get one chance to make them. Sure. Video is a great way to do this. Like people go come into your funnel. There are many other ways to do it. So a good example with us in the early days, we, we, we would do the videos. We welcome everyone. So we'd actually do it. So like if people from the US sign up, we do the videos from London or from Australia because mm-hmm. we knew they like it more. And if people from the US, from, uh, from Australia sign up, we do it from like London. If they were from, you know, the UK, we do it from America. So we actually like, we tried to make it more exciting just from the country. Yeah, and we found that worked really well. We even like play around with like which team members got the best results, like male, female, age, like dynamics. Like we played it, we go into this pretty deep. But we had loads of cases where people come in and we had no idea who they were. So there's one influence we have now, a chap called Pat Flynn, who's pretty big in the in the SMB space. I was like an influencer. He came in. I have no idea who he is. Like he's not in SaaS, so I didn't know yeah, him. Yeah. We did the same as we would always do. You know, I don't think I welcomed him. Someone else did. And then he had some questions. His support got on board, really engaged, and helped him out. Like in those first couple of days, like two weeks later, like science just stopped rolling in. I just can't create <laughs> coming in. And there's an event called like traffic conversions and the guys on stage. And it's like, I don't know, a few thousand people. Yeah. And he's like, everyone in, in the, he gives, I found this thing the other day. And he's like, everyone in here, go on now and download like this app and get using Bonjuro. And we're like, what? And we're here and we're like, what is happening? And then, you know, yeah. someone's like, oh, it's guy Pat Flynn. I'm like, who, who the hell's Pat Flynn? Like, who's yeah, this guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and fast forward, we end up going on his podcast. We end up, you know, like we, we like sponsor choirs for his kids. You know, we, we get involved. The point I'm trying to make here is that, is that you just, it's interesting, you just don't know yes. You have to have it as part of your like everyday process. A definitely lead score and lead score and even better lead score, like product qualified lead score. So if, they, if they're active on the product, because you obviously don't have all the time in the world and you choose where to invest, but you have these people that will sign up who might be a Gmail or a nobody and turns out they happen to know everyone, you know, yeah. the team at Canva and then to Canva come board, board like, yeah. like, like we know. So again, one thing when you do the advocacy thing is, is try not at the beginning, don't pick and choose too much. Mm. When you do these tactics, kind of like blanket do them, like, like, like do prioritize it. Like I understand that, but you just never know. Let me kind of like bake that in. So the first thing is, is like focus on just good support like great support would yeah. say. And yeah. and great support doesn't have to do anything flashy. It just means answering the question early and often and, and trying to get that that response time down because, you know, and, and this is what we talk about on our team a lot is like that person, they feel really urgent, right? Like if you're like, I'm trying to get this answer and they're they're all of a sudden like if it's, you know, two days later, you lose that momentum, right? Because they might have forgotten it. They might have moved on to something else. Or if they're someone complaining about something, they they might just be, you know, more and more enraged because they can't do something, right? And by the way, on that, yeah, profit well. Like you guys have always done an awesome job here. So like I've had questions. Yeah. I, I, like a lot of time it was like you or Neil, like in the early days. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. hey. Yeah, I appreciate that because it's it's something that we took really seriously where we're like, even if you're a free user, we didn't go potential advocate, but you're a potential customer at some point, right? Yeah. And yeah. you know, you got to treat those free users as if they are customers. And yes, there are some prioritization, like, but that initial response, like I'm a big fan of you should get that initial response and it shouldn't be like the canned Zendesk thing. It should be like you should get something within 10 minutes, right? And if you can get it within yeah. 10 minutes, maybe it's, hey, got this, just confirming, we're gonna look into it. But at least that like helps feel from a yeah. customer, or customer perspective, it feels good. And the other thing you said there that I really liked was kind of, we call it chasing the implication, which, or the whole foods method, which is you're not just an assembly line answering the question, right? You got to like chase like either, it sounds like you're asking a lot about this. Like, did you know we have this or, you know, that yeah. type of stuff, which yeah. I really, really like. And these are things that you don't have to like go that extra mile. But the third thing I really liked you said is you don't know, even if you're doing lead scoring, the implication of who you're talking to. So this needs to be like a very like 
DNA-centric thing. If we go from here to, okay, we have good support, maybe we have a customer success hire, like what's what's the next thing that I have to like really chase? Yeah, so then I think what you need to do is to work through potential customer touch points and potential kind of customer. So, so, so like map out the customer journey. Yeah, and this again would be a CS person doing this, but map it out from you know from start to finish. Try and map out different types of users as well. Like if you have the data now, start to look at it. When are people dropping off? When are they engaging? What's happening there? Like a lot of this, a lot of this is going to be product driven, of course, like etc. But a lot of it's human driven. I think more of it's human driven than you understand. So like anyone who started and they got success, you know, in the beginning, like your product was shitty. And you've got it there by just like having people and being there and, do, and, then, and people like, we'll, we'll just back you guys because you want you to make it. And then obviously your product starts to get better and better. You start to put operations in. Don't lose that initial bit where you would do, do the thing. So I think map out the customer journey, find out when you have the opportunity to engage them hmm. and a reason. So again, like leads are easy because it's like your first touch point and you have an opportunity there. When they first pay, there's a great opportunity there to engage them as well within kind of like, seven 14 three months days there's opportunities there to engage them i think so look at you want to get a conversation happening and i suggest this again to anyone with like an we're like an inbound funnel we're not sales like remotely Mm -hmm. so and yet sales is easier because you've already got a conversation but like inbound like find reasons to connect with them we try to get people into our community pretty quickly what are you using a facebook group or what's what's that structured like we run a facebook group for now um, I don't know if that's what we'll use long term, but we get them in there because that, cause, and just to that aside, if you know, grow a community, like seed it with like power users first. Yeah. You don't want it to be like empty. You want people to come in, ask questions. Everyone's like, oh, we'll help you out. We try and get them in there. So they start to feel like a sense of the brand, start to feel everything. You know, when they hit three months, we do some kind of delight. Like we like to celebrate them at that point because we know that there's a three month drop off. Mm. So specifically, we know that at that point, like that's a, a point to save anyone that we might lose. So, you know, we invest in that, in that point heavily. We also invest kind of like down the line in 12 months, like et cetera. This person we kind of charge with doing this, they're the ones who will, who will experiment. So they're doing handwritten notes, they're doing bears, they're doing just like random videos. We have a thing called like, thank, like we have this random thing called, called Thank You Thursday where everyone on the team on a Thursday has to go and thank a customer. There's a, a, a thick bias that we use video for a lot of this. So you don't have to use video, but we will do it and we'll I'll say pick a random customer out of the database. I don't care who, I'm just go and thank them. So, and what you're trying to do here is seed stories, I think. So sure. this is like the, 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 the Zappos mentality where you want to see little moments, people are like, what the hell? And they go and share it and they go and tell people. Yeah. And this idea of unexpected light down the road. And so what are those, but, what are some of those yeah. examples, right? So you said, and maybe you go specific, even if they're all videos, they might be all videos, but like, Hey, right. I send you a video like, and you know, Hey, you signed up for an account. Hey, I'm Patrick. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Let me know if I can be helpful when they paid, you said is a good touch point. Like, how do you decide on the touch points? Well, you kind of mentioned that, but like, what are examples of like touch points besides just sending a video? There is a bias here where we obviously prioritize like, like larger teams. Sure. Any larger team, even if they're set up like well, we'll try and get them onto a call with us hmm. onto Zoom. Because, and, and it's done for attention. It's not done for conversion. Okay. So we do this so that they know a member of my team. Now, what we found is by doing that, and they're short calls generally, and when we do them, the team does them. So we, we work with, with a, lot, a lot of SMBs. So on those calls, they will be like, hey, anything else in your funnel that you know, you'd like to invite us on? And the amount of times those calls tur- like turns just off on Drew and people are like, have you ever used like Facebook ads or what's CAC or, or whatever else? Yeah. And the guys will be like, oh, yeah, yeah. So like, try this, 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 have a look at this. Yeah. And so we try and add value beyond the platform 
whatever we can. Like we try, we always like consultants on, on the back of it. Yeah. It's done very casually, but it's so effective. It's hard to measure. It's like, like we know that like doing these calls increases retention by, I think 37%. Yeah. Like, on the year so doing these calls and this is and this is generally done after someone's active so it's not an activation call as such we will on that on that call obviously if they've missed some things we'll point out hey did you know you can do this you know did you know you can add team members so like, we'll try that stuff too and we push pretty hard for this so we, we we don't get everyone like you'll always have silent users when when we get people we then again flag them once more if you're a potential advocate you'll flag their system as a potential if you're not there yet we'll flag you at different stages so we can't know like how much we can ask you and then like, I'm going to jump a little bit ahead here. The reason yeah. we do this, by the way, the second thing, so we have the retention bit and the lifetime value and, and the upgrade downgrade piece. One of the big reasons we do this is because at some point we're going to ask you to do a case study or we're going to ask you to leave us a review or we're going to ask you for something like very specifically that's going to help us grow. We're not just creating you for the sake of creating you. We're creating you. And the way we can measure basically the success of the advocacy thing is if we ask for a case study, do you end up giving us like an epic case study and the amount we get is insane yeah. people do videos for us they're like write like like articles for us and i'm like there's a lot of time that goes into this and like that for us is is like the binary measurement but we're, we're making sure that if you're an advocate you might you might go and tell 10 people we're making sure that we can use your belief in us to get us more customers mm. like being brutal about it yeah so it's all building towards this like you get a tipping point and we're like check this person's prime to use like it's two-way like, like we help so like i, I think getting on calls you know, early on, we had some people on the team who were like, it's not worth it for a $200 a year customer. And I was like, look, let's just see if it is. Like, let's just do it yeah. and see what happens. Um, and if it is worth it, we that so on what we found when it was worth it, we then start to move it into more junior members of the team who like operationally, yeah. why makes more sense. We've tried, we've tried it, by the way, we've tried everything. We've tried sending tangible goods. So bear suits, postcards, socks. So good, it's hard to measure. I was always very skeptical about like swag. I think it does work, but you need to measure it. And a lot of it doesn't work. So like the big success we ever had, like you mentioned, the whole like bear suits for kids. So the reason this works is because a brand is a bear. So we send someone a bear suit and they literally like put our brand on and they wear it and they yeah. walk around. And I'm like, that is like, that's gold. When they get these, they go straight to social and share it. And I'm like, also gold. When you do it for kids, and this is like, so like this is what we kind of thought through is, is that, like we give the customer something and like, you know, whatever, yeah, like the adults, you know, they get stuff all day. When you get something the kids love and then on Halloween, they're like, our kids are not wearing their Halloween outfits. They're wearing the suits that you sent. Yeah. Then, then suddenly you've become, you know, Bigger. subconsciously part of their family. Yeah. And you're there to support them, you know, in a personal capacity. Yeah. You know, like, like you used to, you, so you used to see this, like, uh, like I think doctors used to do this a lot. Like the old like doctors, when they get together and they give out like, pads and stuff like the ones that would give out like stuff that would get taken home and like i remember when my, my, my friend's dad was a doctor the stuff that like we could play with like always was like better and then, and then he'd see that and then like well i imagine he'd engage pretty young to retell but i think just be a bit smarter about it yeah like 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 giving to charities on behalf of customers is awesome but you need to make sure it's the right charity they connect with so you need to have a choice and then with that one make sure the charity goes and says thank you to the customer Close so i think i think Close the loop with all these things. So like the kids is easy because you close the loop with the kids. Chase, close the loop there. If, you, if, if you're giving them socks, I know Buffer sends out like socks to everyone. I kind of quite like it. I'm like, who doesn't like socks? And they're like, send us pictures with socks. So like when they do it, they make sure they get some assets back they can use. So, so they make sure they're getting a benefit, like an ROI because they're going social with it. And it yeah. just builds that whole, like look how much people love us. So I think don't just send swag for the sake of it. Don't just send a pen. 
or like whatever it is that everyone does, yeah. like have a proper think about, about what's going to get your brand into the life of your customer. Hmm. Like if you're saying something that they're going to put on a desk, like 80% of people should be putting that on, on, on their desk. If like 10% of people are doing it, it's a waste of money. The loop closing, I think was the big thing there for me is like, there's a loop here, obviously, of you doing something social case studies, et cetera, that leads to more customers. You do more with those more customers, it leads to more case studies, et cetera. And then the other loops, the sub loops are basically making sure that you're like, Hey, like send us a picture, you know, the socks, you know, or, or tweet us, you know, with a picture of your socks, that type of thing. You mentioned the measurement piece, right? Some of this you can measure. Some of it, it's kind of like you can only measure the beginning yeah. and the end, right? Yeah, yeah. How fixated should you be on the measurement? And, and if, if you're supposed to be like, how do you measure some of this that, you know, may not seem measurable? It is hard. I think you need to take a bit of a leap of faith initially. I mean, if you want some back of the science, like re- read into the power of like selling to existing customers over with new customers. It's like seven times cheaper to yeah. whatever stats go away. It's like hundred times cheaper, but like, like, like it's much easier to upsell existing customers than before. So I think measuring, I think you need to use leading indicators to start with mm. versus lagging indicators. So, so la- a lagging indicator is a lifetime value increases via retention or via upgrading, et cetera. Obviously leading indicator is, is what's the thing that's likely going to show that. So, you know, the customer becomes more active in the products. The customer gets into, joins the, the community. The customer starts to be, be active in the community when they were active before, starts to contribute. The customer, yeah, it can be binary. Like they can literally go and upgrade or add people on or make a direct referral like by email. You've got to like, if you're looking at traffic, you've got to read between the lines. Like word of mouth is so hard to measure. Yeah. Like put a Dropbox on your on your onboarding. I mean, I think people are fine with those. Like, like try and find out where, where people have come from where, so you can attribute it to... Did you come from a podcast, from a webinar, from another yeah. customer? Like, if you can, just try and get, get, get some indicator there. Like, ask if you, whenever you talk to a customer, ask where they came from. Yeah, to try and lead it back. It is it is harder because direct traffic is just like out of your control. But if you see that direct traffic starts to become a larger percentage, and your content, let's say, is still growing as you expected, yeah, like you need to infer back that something else is happening here. Yeah, look where you can. Like, I'm, I'm a massive fan of measurement. Like, I, like I really am. Like, so where you can tie it back to a leading indicator. Sure. Are they going to share it on social? How many eyeballs have seen that? Do they have big social accounts? Hmm. Are they going to measure those people who do stuff too? Like, then this is easier. Do your funnel. Use the indicators, but then like you know, six, six months down the line, look back and say, this cohort stayed on average 7% longer. Hmm. And, and we've done X with them. Try and pull out things. Like you can A-B test this stuff. It depends on your scale and if you can get to statistically significant numbers, but you can A-B test. And you can qualitatively do that. Like qualitative feedback is a great leading indicator. Mm. You know, like I, I, I like keep in touch with your front line. Like they will know before you. Mm. The front line will, will, will feedback. Another thing which which is which is which you, which you can measure is frustration. Frustrated customers coming in. Like you're going to have mistakes. Sure. Try to measure the percentage of frustrations or I guess negative interactions over time. Mm. When when we did the first impression thing people will come in with the same mistakes, but they come in a lot more positively. And so, you know, you, we, we, we start to see our bounce where people, people would churn without a reason. Yeah. And now we would get churns. We'll get like a lot more completion of our reasons on churn mm-hmm. because people are engaged and willing us to give us, you know, the feedback as to why they're leaving versus silent churners. Or again, people coming in like just shouting versus like coming in and be like, Hey, Amy, I've got a problem. Can you help me out? 
Sorry, I've talked a lot there. No, it's <laughs> great. no this is great, man. This is it's, it's giving me a lot to think about to think about here, just in terms of. I think we don't always operationalize some of these things as much as you have. You know, we're like, oh, this would be a cool idea, and then, you know, we're not measuring it enough. We're not, you know, thinking through some of these pieces. So this has been fantastic, man. And and we're kind of at the end of the time. But where can people find you? Anything you want to plug? Anything like that? I mean, if you want to try the video thing, get up on Joy. It's free. Get on board. Try that. Of course, if you want to ask, if you want to hit, hit me up, like always willing to help. I had a lot of help getting where I am. Go to LinkedIn and type in Papa Bear. I think there's actually three of us, but I am the guy in the bear suit. So use yeah, that as a You actually live the trigger. game. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, man. I oh, appreciate yeah. it. Special thanks to Matt Barnett for participating in this podcast. Now you are an expert in brand advocacy. Today, we talked about the golden ticket of customer advocacy, taking video off its pedestal, a guide to customer advocacy, seeding stories, and tying metrics back to a leading indicator. Oh, if you want to support ProfitWell and the show, we would greatly appreciate it if you left a five-star review of this podcast or the equivalent rating wherever you listen and watch. The podcast gods tend to like those sorts of things, and we like to appease the podcast gods. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to and tell your friends about Protect the Hustle, a podcast from ProfitWell Recur, the fastest, largest-growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions. Subscriptions.